You're tuned into Toby Talks, episode six, when the glow up gets real. From nursing school reviews to bedside RN and more. So let's table back to fall 2008. That was the year I found out that I got accepted into nursing school. It was actually on my birthday. My dad had called me to wish me happy birthday and pray for me and sing. And it was such a beautiful thing. And right after he told me that I got a letter from a nursing program. And if you grew up in any kind of African household, any kind of letter or mail that you get in with your name on it, just know it's going to be opened by your parents. So I'm glad we got that out the way. So my dad opens up my letter and reads it to me and we find out that I got accepted into the nursing program. And it was actually the current university I was attending as well. So knowing that I was going to start nursing school in the spring 09, I was dead excited. Like I could not wait. But it never dawned on me to actually go to the university, the actual campus, the nursing campus, and tour around, look at the facility, look at the simulation labs, and if I had the opportunity, even get to talk to nursing students. I really wish I took that opportunity to do that because that university and that nursing school was actually not the fit for me. I ended up transferring about a year and a half later, and I really wish I took that opportunity at the beginning to really assess and see if this is the program for me instead of just jumping on the first acceptance letter I got. My guest today, Alexandria, is definitely going to share light on a couple of universities that she actually toured around on and what her views were that made her choose the university she did for her nursing program. Because remember, any nursing school you're going to go into is an investment, not only a financial investment, but an educational investment preparing you for your nursing journey. So before I talk too much, let's go ahead and hop into this conversation because it's definitely going to be a good one. I really want to know, how did you pick this field called nursing? Actually, nursing was um, kind of ingrained in me at a young age. When I was in high school, we were required volunteer hours. And due to that, the easiest thing for me to do was actually pick a local hospital that was close to um, my family's house at the time. So I was volunteering there at the information desk. Just the hustle and bustle of the hospital intrigued me learning about science. Science and math have always been my favorite subject. So definitely that spiked my interest as well. And my high school had a, um, we kind of did clusters, career clusters, if that makes sense. So there's like health, you'll have your computer kind of tech cluster. So I joined the health cluster. I got my certification in phlebotomy through high school. And just from there, I've always kind of felt a natural attraction to healthcare. Wow. So you were like very aware in high school. I didn't even know your high school had these kind of things. So that would probably be the one yeah. thing for people to look for is like if your high school has these kind of health clusters, you called it? Mm-hmm, definitely. A lot of high schools are um, turning towards that kind of um, shift. I know a lot of them are either having some type of career focused um, track that they're doing. Even the magnet schools nowadays um, and the collegiate preparatory schools are focusing on either STEM or um, something like tech. So that it's really starting to pick up. That's really good. So walk me through how you decided which nursing school you wanted to go to. I mean, you got out of high school. So did you go to a local college? Did you do your ADN and then you went to your BSN or how did you become an RN? All right. So um, my parents definitely were very, very supportive of me um, going to college um, from jump. They um, 
didn't necessarily finish college themselves. They did mm-hmm. attend college, but did not. Neither one of them um, graduated with their bachelor's degree. So they always, at a young age, encouraged myself and my two siblings, my brother and sister, to make sure that we go to college and finish. I actually started looking up colleges myself as a junior in high school. And I remember my first college visit was the University of Oklahoma. They had something called a junior day. And I remember my whole family um, jumping in the car and driving out there to um, the University of Oklahoma. We were able to kind of get that collegiate atmosphere as well as definitely visit the nursing school there and I was in a program called Upward Bound um, sponsored it's one of the trio programs um, I don't know if you've heard of like um, SSS or um, Upward Bound but they are government funded wow. specifically for students yeah it's great like I'm so grateful that I kind of stumbled on that opportunity but the trio programs are government funded programs that um, definitely assist students in high school that have parents that um, do not have college degrees. So that's what was able for me to qualify. And my brother and sister kind of followed in that um, line and they qualified as well uh, for that program. And the way I saw it was just a random flyer posted in like one of my classrooms and I brought it to my parents, tried it, or went to an information session and got signed up. And I started, um, I want to say the first semester of my sophomore year in high school, but the TRIO program, the Upper Bound program was great. It was actually located on the campus of Southern Methodist University in Dallas, which is where I'm from. They helped me um, with classes that were coming up the next year. For example, if I had geometry, um, you know, my junior year, I would be learning about geometry in the summer prior mm-hmm. to that junior year. And then they would help us with our homework and things like that every single Saturday during the school year. And through them also, we were able to go on college tours. So they definitely um, focus on college readiness. They helped my parents um, fill out my FAFSA, the, the free application for student aid. Um, so I really do attribute a lot of um, my college readiness and a lot of um, my college, my collegiate exposure at a young age due to the TRIO Upper Bound program. That so. is great. I mean, I didn't even know that Definitely. even existed. So was that... Right, what, I know. Was that what you did to get into nursing school as well? Or was that just to get into college? You know what? I do want to kind of attribute them to being the reason that I was able to even picture myself going to colleges or really good colleges. They never put a limit on us. Like if we were from Texas, a lot of the families were like that. I knew the families of the friends that I knew were saying, you know, that you have to go to a college that's closed. or we want you to go to a college in Texas for, you know, in-state tuition. It might have been more affordable for that family. But the TRIO Upper Band program never put that limit on us. If we wanted to travel to go um, to like California or something like that, they definitely supported us. I wanted to go like um, Howard University was one of my top schools. It was actually my number one when I was in high school. And they are the program that allowed me to go pay for my plane ticket, uh, lodging, all of that for me to go and tour Howard University. That is awesome. So was that the school that you end up going and doing your nursing degree in? It was not. I actually chose to go to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas for various reasons. But um, Howard, once again, was my number one choice because Mm -hmm. of my grades as well as my ACT 
scores. Um, I was able to get a full ride scholarship to Howard. All I had to do was pay for a room and board and I Mm -hmm. still did not end up going there. Um, just due to the fact that while I was on the tour, they were very warm and welcoming. Um, they, it was, I think it was kind of like a pep rally for the touring students. And I did was able to tour the nursing program, the nursing school, and the professors there were welcoming. Um, I don't specifically remember talking to the students that attended the nursing program, but I was able to tour the facilities. Unfortunately, like some of the equipment that they were using did seem a little bit outdated versus what I, I saw at previous college tours. Like I mentioned, the University of Oklahoma. I even toured um, Stephen F. Austin. And their nursing program is really good. And so it's just kind of discouraging for me to know that that's my top school and their nursing program kind of, um, I hate to say this, but it it just almost felt like I could have gotten a better education there at another place just because I wanted to be kind of trained on the best equipment. I wanted to be trained with what they were using in the field currently. I just knew if I was going to, you know, pay for my education that I wanted to be able to have exposure to the best um, materials possible just so that I could be ready at those facilities that I would be going to outside of nursing school once I graduated. Yeah, so it was really kind of a little disheartening for me. So that was one of the reasons why I chose not to go there, not because of the university um, itself. I knew the prestige of Howard University. I knew the legacy of a lot of the people that have graduated from there. I felt welcome there. So it wasn't apprehension about actually being a student. It was just specifically the nursing program itself. I just kind of was hoping that it was, it kind of didn't equivocate for me Mm-hmm. with other nursing programs that I had seen when I was on those previous college tours. So it was very dis- a disheartening experience. But I like and- that, though. I like that you brought that up because, to be honest, that was never even my thought process getting into nursing mm-hmm. school. Like, oh, mm-hmm. let me make sure that they got updated supplies and their teaching equipment is going to be good. And our cl- Like, I think as a nursing student, if you get into a program, you're excited. You're like, oh my God, I got in. Right. I don't care if, they're, if they don't even have a mannequin for me to do CPR on. At least I like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yeah. I love that perspective because at the end of the day, we have loans, we have scholarships. Yeah. We're paying for this. So we need to make sure mm-hmm. that we're observant of what we're paying for we're getting the best quality we can that is right it was definitely almost a catch-22 because I have visited those other schools and I had something to compare it to Mm -hmm. and you know I did my research I did you know the top ranking nursing schools in the nation blah 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 I did all of that you know google everything and I knew what ranking Howard was but that didn't shy me away from wanting to actually attend the school until I physically got there and I you know kind of saw for myself what a contrast it was and just another reason why I did choose to attend TCU um, Texas Christian University 
is just because of their actual admission process into the nursing school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very unique. TCU is a private school, so your grades kind of have to be A1 on par. And your um, pockets but the, need to be A1 on par. They do, because <laughs> it's a smooth Mercedes each year. Like, I could have yeah. got four Mercedes by now. I'm but you. that's mm-hmm. a story for a different day. Or it can be a story for today. Um, <laughs> but their admission process at Texas Christian University, once you put on your application that you want to be a nursing student in the Harris College of Nursing, as long as you keep a certain grade point average in your prerequisite classes, you're automatically admitted. So there was no second application. There was no rigorous trial. Now, there was a weed-out process. You still had your AMP. You still had your microbiology. You still had those courses that were designed to weed you out. However, as long as kept that GPA, you were automatically admitted. A lot of the other schools that I did visit was a whole separate admission process. Texas Women's University, um, Stephen F. Austin, University of Oklahoma. I visited Baylor. I um, wanted to visit Prairie View um, A&M but because I do know that was another one of the HBCUs mm-hmm. that um, does have a great nursing school. And I was wanting to go to an HBCU, but I did not was not able to attend PV, but all these other campuses that I heard of definitely had another admission process. And I guess because of the horror stories that I heard from other friends that have already kind of traveled down that area, that I just did not want anybody to tell me, no, you can't live your dreams because you may be a bad tester. Or you have test anxiety or no, you can't, uh, you're going to have to wait a year, you know, so that we can, or there aren't enough spaces in the program. It's only a limited number. And since it's so competitive, you're going to have to wait. I did not want that to be my story because at the end of the day, you're adding money to what I'm going to have to pay you in student loans. I just didn't want to do that. But um, at the end of the day, it was almost a sacrifice too because TCU is very expensive. So... But that's good, though. That's a good point that you brought out because, of course, you know, disclaimer, we're definitely not promoting TCU or promoting any of the colleges in Dallas and in Houston. But I love your perspective because what you're saying is not only are you touring and making sure the facilities are up to par for nursing, you also want to look at the schools that's going to have a a good process for you to get into the program. And that's, that's a really good thing to be observant about because, yes, you're right you will be on a waiting list or you will have to do a separate application or, I mean, and you're spending a lot of money to do this. Even if you have to wait another year, you're waiting another year taking classes you might not need, but you're trying to stay in the, in the, in the school system. Mm-hmm. So I like that you brought that out. Um, those are really two good perspectives to think about when you are trying to go into nursing school. So when you went into TCU, what was your experience like in the program? Like how was it from, an educational standpoint, a clinical standpoint, like what were some of the highlights for you? And I do want to say just one more thing, going back to that last question. Like, I don't want that to be anybody's fear of attending a nursing school that you do have to apply for. I just know for me, that was a fear for me, but you know, looking back at it, that should not be, that should not have been something that helped that much weight or been that much of a fear for me Mm -hmm. just because you know whatever is meant for you will be uh, yours if it if you don't get in that one year maybe that's not your year Mm -hmm. maybe the next 
there is where your best will be. So Very I did want to say that really quickly before um, we jump into this question. Thank you. But um, definitely. But to answer that question, my experience at the university in the nursing program, I really enjoyed myself. Um, I definitely feel like the teachers or the professors, excuse me, cared about me once I got into the program. Some of the teachers in the prereq classes, like um, I mentioned, like some of the pre the weed out classes, like the AP or the microbiology. I definitely, it was kind of like you were a number, you're, you know, sitting in a big auditorium, mm -hmm. like the whole, whatever is publicized on TV about college, that was what those classes were. But when it came to like my history of nursing courses, or even some of our labs, um, like the fundamentals of nursing, and even up until like the pediatrics and the adult, the critical care classes, I do feel like um, the professors cared about the students and their success and I do feel like we were kind of like in this together now although I that's good yeah and although I say that TCU is a PWI which stands for a predominantly white institution mm -hmm. and it's a private school so you have to think about both of those layers coming from the perspective of an African-American or a minority even in that big auditorium one of the few uh, minorities I still was especially when I got to my upper level courses and my clinical cohorts I definitely have been the one or two African-American people in the room was that challenging just for you to, that, to be that it was definitely very challenging just because of the simple fact that there would be times where I feel like other students or my other classmates were able to forge bonds. They were able to, you know, easily get together and form study groups. And you need a support system like that, especially with you the do. material that is in nursing. Like you need that support system. You need to be able to talk through the material. You need to be able to kind of spit it back out to each other and be able to teach each other. And I do remember some classes where some students were able to reach out to me and be like, you know, hey, let's study this. But, you know, that may be one out of the four or five classes I had for the whole semester um, where think, that would happen. What do you think causes that? Like, what do you think is that that hesitation to want to collaborate with you? Do you really think it's because mm -hmm. of your skin color or do you feel like it's just internal competition in the program and everybody just kind of wants to do their own thing? Like, what was your perspective? I definitely don't think for my particular program at my school that it was internal competition. Everybody was kind of just trying to make it through, you know, the mm -hmm. best way they could. I definitely feel like it may have been apprehension from both ends. I definitely felt like the I went out, kind of like the ugly duckling, like on campus as a whole in TCU, there's only 5% undergrad at the entire school. And there's what, possibly 35,000 students. So, you know, you do the math on that. Mm -hmm. And out of those 5%, you're not, in, that's including athletes, that's including all of the programs there. So I would definitely like to see the numbers for the nursing program. But it's definitely apprehension from both ends. I definitely think I was a little bit more hesitant to approach um, some of my classmates as they were for me, um, especially, you know, if they didn't have to, they weren't going to. And if they were some of the individuals that they may have grown up in um, different areas in high school where there weren't a lot of us, then, you know, they just, they never were able to 
have that interaction or mm-hmm. they never had to have the interaction uh, with minorities. So they just, you know, they might have had the perspective of, I don't really need to, oh, you're good. You know, I don't really need to yeah, reach out to you. We got to be going to what was familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I thought, what I've just, a thought that just came to my mind. You know how you get into the program and it's like you hit the ground running on day one and, you know, you're mm-hmm. all sitting in this big class. Nobody knows anybody, but you're just, bam, you're all here. You're about to start this journey together but you don't know mm-hmm. I wish that nursing programs incorporated like a mixer like the day before school or the first day of oh where right. you are literally you I mean I just this would be awesome because you're right you have people from all different kind of cultural backgrounds different um aspects of life different states whatever being thrown into one class and all just starting the first day going over the syllabus in chapter one two three four five six and seven on the first day. <laughs> but if that first day or the day before classes start, if we just had a big mixer, like, hey, we got drinks, we got food, everyone mix and mingle, get to know each other, because y'all are about to know each other for the next four years, or at least those that make right. it. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that would definitely be a, I guess, an open gateway to this unspokenness of not being able to feel comfortable in your class and almost feel like you're alone, you know? Right. And I like how you said the apprehensions on both ends, because a lot of times we do look at it as, oh, they don't like me because I'm black or I'm white and she mm-hmm. might not want to hang out with me because I'm not black. And it's never that the case. It literally is. It's just that awkwardness. It's almost like when you're a little kid and you're the only one in class and you don't know anyone until someone comes up to you and be like, hi, you want to be my friend? Well, we're adults. Yeah. Apparently we forget to do that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That just popped in my head like, wow, that would be such an awesome way to start your nursing program. Get to know everyone. But anyway, and then you in that setting, you're going to have to come out of your shell or come yeah. out of your comfort zone. But it is, it's uh, less pressure, definitely outside the classroom less pressure so tabling back to your experiences and i'm glad that you had a good one mm-hmm. um you know vice versa with the whole not being able to mix with everyone in your class but i'm glad that you did speak about having a support system in nursing school because that was really a big thing if you didn't have it oh, yeah. through the program that's like uh so how was it when you graduated how was your first year at the bedside because you know we hear all these horror stories of oh my gosh you know they eat their young mm-hmm. or you don't feel like you're being guided or you feel more, you feel like you didn't, everything you learned in school really didn't apply to you until you get to the bedside. And it's like a whole different world. How was that for you? Well, my um, transition to the bedside was actually very smooth. When I was, I want to say between my junior and senior year, the summer of 2014, I was able to, become a nurse extern at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital, which is one of the leading orthopedic pediatric hospitals mm. um, here in the nation that has a very specialized population with uh, spina bifida, scoliosis, hip developmental disabilities. So I was able to land a nursing externship with that program and I kind of stayed on after the program concluded mm-hmm. and just became a tech there. I already knew kind of the culture of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing, you know, they'll talk about it a lot, just making sure that your personality fits with the culture of the hospital um, when you are seeking for, you know, employment at that institution. Um, I definitely already knew a lot of the nurses. I knew some of the management. Um, I was very comfortable with even the director of nursing 
at Scottish Rite was super hands-on and super present and bit, you know, she was seen. So that's one thing I appreciated. I mean, that's good to have someone that would come in and be um, a face of the unit and actually know your name, converse with you. So that's really good. So are you saying that the internship, doing an internship when you were in nursing school, that was that's what helped you get into your job and make you feel comfortable at the bedside? Definitely. That was paramount, I feel like. Being a junior and it was coming up on the summer before senior year and everybody was just buzzing about these internships Mm -hmm. and prior to that I had thought you know an internship it was something that you got after you graduated kind of to transition into your job yeah which was is true for other disciplines like maybe journalism marketing business but for nursing it was a little different you're definitely going to want to seek those opportunities and land those opportunities that summer right before your senior year And that's another reason why definitely being able to network outside of the hospital or even when our our school actually brought in fairs and things like that of local hospitals that we were able to network with those individuals there on campus instead of going to the hospital. So that it kind of brought a level of familiarity familiarity. But just because of that experience, I was able to stay on as a patient tech. And I kind of just transitioned into the preceptorship. I had a preceptor and I was able to be a bedside nurse there after I graduated. So how was your relationship with your preceptors? Because I've heard a lot of Mm -hmm. experiences where, you know, some new grads have terrible experiences. And you would even know now with, you know, the, the rates of Um, So many new grads leaving the bedside within one year. I mean, we're looking at almost 60% now, and that's crazy. But that really stems with that relationship of your first few months. So how was that with your preceptor? Mm -hmm. feel like you got to really build a bond, but also learn and grow and not feel chastise if you ask questions or if you made a mistake. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, I, me and my preceptor, we definitely had a great relationship. We were very open. Um, and I've always been a person that has been open to criticism, especially in that field, because I want to know what I can change, what I'm doing different, especially coming from a learning standpoint we weren't best friends you know going to breakfast and stuff (laughs) after the shift was over Mm -hmm. but um we definitely built a connection and a bond um where we were able to kind of communicate with each other at a professional level i do want to say our personalities were totally different like Mm -hmm. uh, my preceptor was very she was very meticulous, and in nursing, you have to be meticulous anyway, but mm-hmm. not to the extent that I was. Um, okay. She had a lot of energy. She was, she, I don't know how I can really explain it other than I'm more of not a laid back person, but I like to observe mm-hmm. and then take a course of action. Whereas my preceptor may, you know, just sprint off and immediately know what to do and that may even come from years of being a nurse herself and automatically know what to do I just I'm not a person I don't want to say panics but I'm not a person that just kind of jumps or is very um I don't know how to describe it I don't want to say type a but it's kind of type a and I if there's a type I'll probably be d like uh, <laughs> if that makes any sense so our personalities weren't really on the same wavelength mm-hmm. but as far as teaching and 
receiving feedback and criticism, I definitely feel like we had a good relationship there. Now, you know, I don't want to picture, uh, paint a picture of roses and gumdrops. I definitely had a few moments where I had to go to the restroom and cry. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely felt those days that I was overwhelmed or if I didn't understand something, maybe at that time the feedback wasn't received because Mm -hmm. the timing was wrong. Not necessarily what was said, but maybe just the timing was wrong or maybe, you know, I had already felt bad about making a mistake and, you know, after somebody criticized me, it would be like, bam, bam, bam. And it was just overwhelming at a time. And so I definitely think when it does come to... Um, if anybody is a preceptor, it definitely comes to picking the right timing yeah. is definitely key to give that feedback. But other than that, they forget as well that we're coming in with like so much on our shoulders of wanting to be right and perfect. And oh my gosh, you know, now I'm dealing with real lives and it's not a mannequin anymore. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think as a preceptor, you almost forget that, you know, and then you only want right. to chastise on the things, the errors that were made, but you forget that it's not intentional. And maybe at the right timing, maybe at the end of the day, after everything has calmed down or maybe the next shift, Hey, I want to point some things out that happened previously that I think we should work on. You know, you're right. The timing is definitely um, something that should be in perspective of preceptors. And I think this honest feedback that we're giving will definitely help because also as a new grad and student nurse, we need to find our voices. And if we don't find our voices early in the game, we might get burnt out before we even start our race. And being speak up and say these things like, Hey, I appreciate your criticism. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your guidance, but maybe it could be done at a better time or maybe not at this shift. Maybe you can pick it up next shift. So I can go home and just de-stress from everything that happened today. You know, maybe some of those conversations should be more fluent um, definitely. from a nursing standpoint as a new grad and a, um, from a preceptor. And I definitely think you, capitalize on a great point that even though um, you do, you know, you're going to be a new nurse and you may be a new grad or they may have this new grad program, you know, you're going to have the fear of that first med error. So um, definitely having a fluid conversation works. And I definitely think that um, we have to remember that although these individuals that are training us may have years under their belt. At the end of the day, we are all on the same team and we're essentially all on the same level. Although you may, you know, you may have been here for 10, 12, 15 years, I'm going to turn to you naturally for a resource because of your experience. However, we are all registered nurses on the floor you know, kind of on the same level. So there is, there should be a level of comfortability there with having open dialogue, open and communication, a level of respect. your voice. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I think that's what's hidden as well, especially being this millennial generation that's coming in. We're no longer taking that backlash anymore of, oh, you know, you're a baby, you're this, you're that. No, 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 no. Because the way my license is set up, it definitely says registered. We're equal. Just like you. So we are equal. (laughs) Treat me Uh with respect. Don't treat me like a child that's just making errors left and right, but definitely help me, coach me through, give me that advice, but don't belittle me and make me feel like I now have to, you know, be in the game for a year or two before I gain your respect. It doesn't work. Right. Or we're no longer accepting that kind of behavior. But um, I definitely want to jump into the fact that 
you're not just a nurse. And if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been a nurse now? I have been a nurse since June of 2015. So mm. a little over two years. Barely. So <laughs> you are not just a nurse. You are also a boss lady on the side. And I mm -hmm. definitely wanted to highlight how you are using your skills as a nurse to not only impact the bedside, but you're also impacting the community. Am I not correct? No, that's definitely right. I um, I do have a passion and I kind of not touched on it a little bit with saying that I really wanted to go to HBCUs, but I, I have a passion for the culture. Like, I guess that's the best way to say it. Come on, for, passion uh, for, for the culture. culture. Mm. And um, the culture of minorities, I do. And then especially women empowerment, I love being able to, you know, talk in a circle and be like, all right, sis, what's popping? Like, what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. how can I help you get to where you want to be? Um, I talked to my lawn sister. I am a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. It's not right unless you say it. <laughs> but I was talking to her recently and I kind of was trying to hone in on like what my talent is for what my real passion is for and I do feel like I am a connector of people like I like connecting people in need to each other mm. I like being able to see like oh you need this I have a friend that does that let me connect y'all because I want to see you succeed yes. so how can I get you those resources I don't have them like I'm not gonna front or anything but guarantee you nine times probably 9.5 times out of 10 I know somebody that does that that connects you um that I can connect you with um, so I love being able to connect people. I love being able to see us win as a culture, as minorities, and see us flourish. And I love just being able to listen to the passion and vision of others and see how I can help them reach their goal or their end. So whatever avenue that I can do that in, that's what I'm all about. So in saying that, definitely when it comes to a nursing avenue, I want to see how I can expand and explore what type of influence that we can grow as minorities, as Hispanic, Latino, Latino Americans, as African Americans, as Asian Americans, what kind of influence and impact can we expand upon, especially in the realm of healthcare? Like what are these realms that we aren't touching that we don't know about that we can get into and bring light to our community, especially because we'll have a lot of, you know, Caucasian American providers caring for our people that may not know how to relate to us, especially yeah. when it comes yeah. to health literacy and things like that. You cannot speak over people's heads, but for that provider, they may not be speaking over their head. That just may be their terminology. Just being able to be relatable, especially to those in our community, I feel like being able for us to care for us would definitely improve some of our health outcomes. That's extremely true. And I love how you are doing this networking of, let me connect you to this person. I don't know this. I don't have the resources, but I know somebody that can get it for you. And the one thing that I definitely see that we need in our generation is more mentors like you. 
more mentors who've gone through nursing school already or mentors who've gone through their first year at the bedside because that is your experience and from your experience you have so much knowledge to share to somebody else who's coming into that experience you know what I mean and I love how you highlighted that that's awesome like I really love that so tell me about the glow print I want to know more. Oh, okay yeah so the glow print um, is actually a, a event-based organization community based in Dallas Texas so we um, help women influencers entrepreneurs and creatives to glow grow and grind and what that basically means is we focus on personal development so basically the woman behind the brand Mm. um grind which is the networking aspect of it how you know connecting those two people together and definitely grow how can we help your brand grow how can we help your brand you know get from point a to point b once again what i was saying earlier just how can we help kind of develop your plan or help you get those resources to develop your plan. So I love the personal development. Um, I love that aspect of talking about, you know, behind the scenes, behind these business women, like we go through things like we yes. have deaths in the city. We go through loss. We go through, you know, depression. We go through panic attacks. Like this mm. is real. And um, being able to address that head forward, especially with how, what you go through, personally can affect your creative side or your business and being able to connect those two and just kind of have a community for that and give resources, you know, that can help. How do you push through those points of of your low points? Cause you, your business or your creative endeavor, or you just scaling up on the corporate ladder? Cause you know, everybody is not meant to be an entrepreneur and that's cool. Mm -hmm. People, you know, are fine in their business, but want to, scale up the corporate ladder just how do you do that while you go through these things personally our glowing grind tell me and tell my listeners how if they want to find out more about Glowprint, how would they reach you are you on social media what what how can we find out about you girl so the Glowprint is actually on facebook and instagram we do not have a website we are social media based but um if you type in on facebook like facebook.com backslash the Glowprint, just spell it as it sounds B-G-O-O-P-R-I-N-T or on Instagram at the Glowprint. You'll be able to find us super easily there. You'll be able to click the link in our bio if you want any more information. If you're based in Dallas and you want to connect with us, the best way is definitely to either slide in our um, email inbox or definitely sign up for our email newsletter. So we have some super big things coming up in 2018. I'm super excited about it. I hope you have truly enjoyed today's conversation. And for all my Caterpillar students out there in your cocoon of education, do not worry about these nursing butterflies, all right? Enjoy the time of your pre-glow and invest in your success because when the glow up comes, it gets real. Remember, Toby Talks is rooting for you. We are your back support. So if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email at tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Tune in in our next episode. We're going to have a wonderful guest who is a registered nurse and a bomb nurse manager on her unit. She's going to let us know what a nurse manager role really entails and if you're really about that life. Okay, I'm out. I'll be talking to you guys later.